welcome. This is Mango Masala, the South Asian show on Pi Radio, Manchester's number one youth-led radio station. My name's Gerns and I'm joined here by Simran on stream. How are you doing? What is good, guys? It's what been a while. It's been a few weeks, hasn't it? Since the live one, at least, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's true, actually. We've done a few pre-recording that, but how are you doing? How was your birthday? I'm old. <laughs> Mate, I'm 25. Like, can you can you not? <laughs> like, I haven't spoken to you like live at least. Mm. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. For those of you that missed last week, we had a whole engagement episode. Um, yes. But yeah, thank you. See now, so surely that's like old, old, right? Well, I was just saying this. I was saying to my friends that um, now I have friends who are now getting engaged and stuff. One of my friends just had a baby yesterday. Oh, um, well, congratulations to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like even sending, I've, I've never really sent like a congratulations on your baby message. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, like this is mind blowing. And then you and Bianca, like it's, oh my God, it's starting, I'm getting in that phase now where people that I know are starting to like move on to the different parts of their lives. And it's it's scary, but it's exciting. Adulting in it. Adulting in it. Yeah. No, I hear that. Yeah. How did the whole thing go down? The engagement. I know you probably spoke about this. Yeah, but quick recap. No, I just went on a nice staycation type thing and got the hosts involved. Shout out to Mags and Grar at the um, Fairy Cottage in Hollywell Green. I definitely recommend. So they, they make really nice cakes and that. So, yeah. Aww. Did you just, from the get-go, did you just do it? Was that the first thing you did when you got there? No, because we got there on my birthday. So I was, I wasn't ever, I, I knew I wanted to do it around my birthday because then it would be like a surprise, but obviously I didn't want to do it on my birthday because then it's like, I mean, you have to give me my 25th and also like, uh, I don't, yeah. I don't want it to be like the same day, but so that's, about me. exactly, so I did it on <laughs> the Saturday. Nervous. I, no, I think it was more nervous about like everything going to plan rather than being nervous about actually proposing sort of thing. It, did any part of you think she'd say no? No, no. Ooh. No, no, because like we talked about it, we both knew that like it oh. was coming. So, <laughs> that's the thing. That's why I don't get like um, you know um, people that do like surprise proposals and mm-hmm. then without having di- discussed getting married with their partner, I don't yeah. get like how can you do that and then. Exp- that that is literally a guessing game. Like, I I think when you propose, it shouldn't yeah. be a guessing game as to whether they're gonna say yes or no. You know what I mean? Like you should have at least Ooh, yeah. You should have at least talked like oh so would you? You should th- be going into it with the confidence that they'll say yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't especially the the public ones where it's like really embarrassing if they say no. I'm just a bit like I feel bad for you, but also you kind of brought this on yourself. Like God you know what I mean? Yeah. But I really love the way you did it in terms of that the proposal itself was private, mm. but then you celebrated with your loved ones a couple of days afterwards, and then you got to have that time and everyone could celebrate you. Yeah. My 
probably one of my fears in life is getting proposed to in public mm. like in a public set like a big public setting maybe different if my friends and family were there but still i think i'd still like it to be just me and the person yeah and this is the thing like we'd had those conversations before mm. i think you like just from the get-go if you think that you're with someone who you could end up getting married to like literally just bring it up in conversation like just like oh uh, it doesn't even need to be like just so you know it could even be like what do you think about these public proposals that could never be me like sort of thing like mm-hmm. and then they, they got the message and there's no excuse you know what i mean like, I hear that. but yeah how was apart from turning old how was your actual birthday how did you celebrate yeah, turning old. <laughs> yeah. that's all i'm gonna refer to it as. <laughs> uh, my birthday was really nice i got to see my friends at home we went out in nottingham and i got to see everyone here and i had some girly time and then had some girly time at home with my girls there and then i saw like um not all my family but like quite a, like a few of my family members on the saturday and then i came back to uni and i had to pattern up because I can't take that much time off uni now. Yeah, master's life. Master's life is mm. brutal. How was your first assignment as well? I haven't got the grade back yet, but it went in. It was all good, I think. Like I was quite, I was quite happy with it. I mean, there's always things that you think of afterwards. Oh, I could have said this. I could have made this point or whatever. I could have worded it better. You know what I mean? But yeah. what are you gonna do? It was a, it was a practice assignment. I didn't know that. Oh. Okay. It was actually just to test our writing techniques. Oh well, I suppose that's good in a way. Cause yeah. Because you, you went into it thinking it was real, so then. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I've got like four more between now and the end of the year, and then like these twelve tests, like exam things I have to do as well between now and December. So it's a lot. Wow. Not in and also right now. exciting though. I am starting to plan my dissertation, which I think is going to be super exciting and i'm thinking potentially even easier than my undergrad dissertation because my undergrad dissertation was ambitious to say the least like it was a huge thing Mm. um i think i'm gonna aim smaller with this one so i can like basically go for quality over quantity i think for sure but speaking of quantity how many words is it oh like eight thousand. it's not too bad okay so like a normal dissertation then yeah, and then you get ten percent leeway, so eighty eight hundred maximum. Fair. No, that that should be fine then. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not that bad. It's just the uh, with psychology, like the dissertations. I, I I realized that a lot of courses, their dissertations are just like compiling research and making your point and presenting an argument, whereas psychology dissertations are you create a study and you run the study with real life participants mm. and then you test hypotheses and stuff like that. So it's 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 I. It's less a case of just writing a big essay. It's like actually having to organize research, basically. Fair enough. But no, which it is sounds long. Good. It sounds long, but it sounds interesting. It is interesting, and luckily I have the whole summer to do it. They don't actually start your data collection until after exams are done. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that that's what they do with most master's dissertations, isn't it? Like they'll like you basically don't get a summer, but at least you've got that time yeah. to actually do it. But... Yeah, I was also saying, and I suppose we could speak about this. Once my dissertation's done, <laughs> I I know obviously the typical thing is you get hounded with the like. So what now? Yeah. Where's the job? What's the job hunting? How's it going? Where are you going with this? Like, what are you doing with your life? Like, I know that's gonna be there. Like, I, my friends are going through it now. The ones that have graduated and haven't yet found jobs, and it's just I. So far, I think it's 
brutal like it comes it seems very intense I am taking a month of deliberate unproductivity I'm yeah. doing what I want for I'm not looking for jobs I'm not even gonna think about looking for jobs if I want to sit and watch Netflix all day I'm gonna do it no honestly like when like anyone listening who hasn't necessarily gone through the same process or maybe younger people who haven't yet done university and that like that actually it may it sounds lazy but it's actually really not like it makes so much sense like you go through especially when you're studying so much time where you you, it it sounds like it's good because you don't have to do anything in a set structure but then that just means that it gets spread out over all of this time that I made that same mistake when I finished my undergrad I literally finished on like the Thursday and then on the Monday went straight into like a summer job and I I didn't think at the time like I didn't think maybe I should give myself a break but Uh yeah no definitely good idea well yeah like I've been studying for just under 22 years now and since I could since I was of age to work I've worked every weekend every half term and every summer holiday you know mm. like I like just doing like retail jobs and stuff like that or like odds and sods with makeup and bits and bobs so I just feel like a month where I just look after myself and I don't even put any pressure on myself to look for a job yeah. would just be really nice and it's the only time I'm guessing that I'll be able to do something like that exactly got that with when COVID hit and you know say you had a kind of office job and they hadn't yet figured out the work from home situation or you know however people's jobs worked and transitioned to being online or whatever everyone went through that weird phase where they just had nothing to do and obviously this is negating from the experience of the pandemic of being a pandemic in itself but a lot of people did find a lot of like recovery and recuperation and like mental like betterment from just being at home and being able to like sit with your thoughts for a little bit and relax yeah no i mean obviously it goes without saying i think we said before as well that being able to do that is a privilege but quite mm-hmm. a f- it was that for quite a few people definitely but... a privilege you can't you can't take away from the experience that some people went through mm-hmm. really horrible tough times over the last course of the last year god year and a half nearly two years now. god yeah. nearly two years yeah 18 months at least yeah yeah but god. speaking of university it's actually probably links on to our um, first proper topic of today, um, which is a bit of a serious one, but hopefully we get it done because it needs to be talked about. These And a trigger warning as well, I'd say. Yeah, um, anyone who... Yeah, just trigger warning for anyone who's been through assault or anything surrounding that nature. Um, but yeah, all these recent spikings, like, <laughs> I'm not trying to make a joke about, about it, but it's literally a spike in spikings, like, literally an increase. Yeah, it's not hard to do it. But um, obviously, grim people, and I think that we can say that on radio, because like, if you spike people's drinks, you are grim. But grim mm-hmm. people have been doing this for a long time, like, mm-hmm. in spike particularly men spiking girls drinks which will then render them literally unconscious basically and then they can do whatever they want with said person which obviously is not condonable under any any circumstances i think i think to my understanding what's happened is that there's been a lot more awareness of what a spiked drink actually looks like over the past few years 
which is maybe why now we're seeing most recently there's been a multitude of stories of um young people who have seemingly been injected in the club like literally stuck a needle in them injecting something into them and then that's been the method that people have tried to assault them and whatever and that is very scary because with i mean obviously even the drink thing is scary because it's like if you miss it you don't and you won't there's hardly any way of knowing but at least with that it's like sort of like a that's a level of separation whereas this is i think the moment that you start thinking about people literally injecting like like and if you don't notice that what what are you meant to do like but yeah well, sorry. I was just saying, what are your thoughts on the whole situation? I think the concept of spiking is nothing new in terms of like club culture and drinking culture and going out and stuff. It's not like girls have been getting spiked, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, young people, not just girls, obviously, mm. um, have been getting spiked for way too long, far too long now. Um, it's a disgusting act. Like anyone that goes out of their way to render somebody paralytic or basically unconscious or basically unable to look after themselves for the sole reason of taking advantage of them or finding that like humorous or they get some kind of pleasure out of it is sick. Like it's sickening behavior. Mm. Um, The fact, so to combat spiking, there have been like a lot a lot of like innovations and products that have now been made such as like you know like just um reusable drinks covers that you can like put over the drink and you can stick a straw through it yeah. uh clubs issue drinks with covers on them stuff like that girls are um, not just girls sorry i keep saying girls that's incorrect young people mm-hmm. are encouraged to um cover their drinks with their hands and this is a whole separate topic about the like victim blaming nature of the whole mm-hmm. thing but obviously we now cover our drinks with our hands we drink our drinks at the bar we don't put them down and pick them back up again we don't drink people's random we don't take my drinks off random people um you know so a lot has been done to combat spiking so the fact that now people that are going out of their way to do these acts have to now innovate themselves to keep up with the defense tactics and now going to the lengths of injecting people like putting a needle in someone else's skin and injecting them with drugs just to just so they can get spiked and then to cause someone you know harm or like to assault someone or something of that nature like to basically do anything to them that's not consensual it's like that level of desperation to be evil like yeah like where are we going with this yeah and as someone who i've actually been spiked twice i'm very unlucky when it comes to spiking um and it's a horrific experience it is i would say it was probably the most scared I've ever been in my life. It was so, so, so terrifying being spiked. You have absolutely no control over yourself. Um, I was, I got a blood test and I got told it was liquid ecstasy. And I was like, that's crazy. Cause I was like 18. Um, and you have no control over yourself. You have no idea what's going on. You can barely like, I, I mum, speaking of my experience, I could barely even hold my head up. I was all over the place. Um, and yeah, I just wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. I really wouldn't. It's so dangerous. And you're taking advantage of these people that are like, you know, out, they're not in control of themselves. They're away from their homes. They would like, you know, they desperately need help. They need people to look after them. And you're putting them in such a vulnerable position that you can then take advantage of them. And that is disgusting. No, definitely. And uh, it's just, 
It is frustrating because obviously we mentioned before about the whole victim blaming element of it. It's similar to other other aspects of sexual assault where we're telling, um, particularly um, women, to oh, um, this is what you can do to avoid being assaulted. When in reality, if people want to assault you, they're going to assault you, and it shouldn't be on you to do that. But at the same time, with this, I think what's so annoying is that there's like literally what can you do like the only thing that comes to my mind is like stopping the um, stopping the actual supply of all this stuff that like has the ability to like render people paralytic because i don't know like how like how are you meant to actually educate people not to do that like ugh. like I, I'm, I suppose i'm just in a case where if someone is evil enough to want to do that like how they will find their way to do it like people putting drugs into drinks would find their way to do that now that's being combated with all these different techniques to combat it mm. that they have to now one up their game and you know kind of be smarter than us yeah and, uh, that way, which is horrific and yeah i think in terms of the victim blaming which is mostly directed towards females i would say like I understand why they say it because obviously things like covering your drink it is common sense. Now, obviously, it shouldn't be that shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't be the world that we live in, but it's common sense to put your hand over your drink or to drink it fast or to not pick a drink up from the side. You know, put it down, don't pick it up again. Um, but the air of like telling girls to just like be cautious and that's all the advice that we're given about how to combat getting injected by drugs, you know, involuntarily. Um, is just mad to me like just being like oh make make sure you're aware of your surroundings and also like you're, you're just saying this to people that go clubbing mm. in my experience clubbing no one is really that aware of their surroundings like there's only a certain extent that you can be if you're like drinking um yeah. if someone like, like you said Carlos, if someone's gonna do it they're gonna do it mm. and in terms of actual protection you just can't what are you supposed to do like go out in full body armor even if you wear long sleeves a needle's gonna go through that and I know the other thing that they've said is potentially increasing um, searches before entering clubs. But with that, I've... so yeah, so here they've done. They've said they're doing like. Well, yeah, you see. Well, the problem with searching in general is a very flawed system because it then becomes. Well, we would expect to see it become very race based, and it would become a little. Um, yeah, it'd, it'd get very technical in that aspect in terms of that, you know, you'd find probably targeting based on race and appearance and stuff like that. Um, so mm-hmm. here they have now said they're doing more thorough searches. Everybody will get searched and apparently metal detectors, but that has yet to be seen. I haven't seen any metal detectors. Um, and then in Liverpool, I know one of the clubs said, if you leave, you can't come back in, even if you have a stamp without queuing and getting researched, which I like the concept, I like the idea of as well. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, but apart, if, but the thing is, again, like, unless they do introduce metal detectors, which, like you said, I really can't imagine them putting the money into doing that. Um, I again if people want to hide stuff they're gonna hide it so yeah but also like people are gonna get away with things like that like this the club here there's a club here that actually does have metal detectors anyway and mm. my friend's type 1 diabetic and she can't go through them and she has to carry needles on her person anyway for her diabetes so people are just gonna find excuses yeah Ugh. it's actually really sad 
to see the stories of people coming out and saying that they've been involuntarily drugged on nights out because you should be there enjoying yourself with your friends and having a good time and you should be able to feel safe it shouldn't be a privilege to make it home safe learn night out anymore yeah i mean obviously the reasons people spike people is like horrendous in itself but as an additional layer to that as well when you when these people are spiking random people they don't know their um medical condition so when they're doing this they are they're taking such a risk in terms of for example you said about liquid ecstasy like someone who has some kind of um condition that would make them more prone to like increased heart speed etc that could potentially kill them or like even even as simple as someone already being on any kind of substance and then Mm. that messing with what they're already on you know some substances don't gel together you could yeah. call someone it could really be fatal in some cases yeah and obviously again to repeat it the whole element of what these people are doing is horrendous in itself we're not like taken away from that but this is just a, another thing like the fact that they're not even considering that as well like when mm-hmm. they're doing this it's but... completely thoughtless and it's just very it's actually it makes me feel sick that some people just like get a kick out of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. definitely I mean, one thing to emphasize as well is, obviously, if this does happen to you, um, Simon, I'm sure like you can probably speak on this in terms of like what to actually do, like if this oh, happens yeah. to you. So, if you suspect that you've been spiked, particularly through a needle or injection, you need to, well, I suppose, find your friends and see if like they'll look after you, and you know, make it very clear. Try your best to like enunciate and get your message across that you've been spied and you're worried and you need to go most clubs will have a medical a medic uh, room medical room um so make sure you speak to like a bartender um someone that you know girls try and find a female one that makes you feel comfortable um and they should be able to direct you to the medical room and you should be able to get some medical attention there and they will advise you if you either need to like just go home and sleep it off or if you need to go to the hospital, which I assume um, with these new things with the needles, everyone should probably have to go to the hospital because you'll need to get like a test and HIV and you have to get a blood test and everything. Um, so yeah, just make sure you are safe. It's really annoying to say keep your wits about you because it's literally just what we spoke about. Like, there's only so much that you can keep your wits about you and be careful and be aware of your surroundings because it's a little bit invalid to just say that. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, if you suspect you've been spiked, just try and stay calm. Stay calm for sure is the big one. Mm-hmm. Do not panic. You'll be fine. You'll like it. It will be okay. You just need to get to people that you're comfortable with and make sure you get medical attention asap. Mm-hmm. I think as well what you said as well about obviously. There is, there's been a bit of like propaganda as well with regards to what can happen when you're injected. Obviously, you're at risk when you're being injected. Like you don't know how clean the needle is, what's on it, like etc. What's in it either. But I've seen quite a lot of stuff regarding. Yes, I think it was a very interesting share on your story the other day. Yeah, exactly. So, obviously, there is a small chance of you um getting um injected and it transferring hiv but it's incredibly small and it's not it's very unlikely there are multiple more other ways in which you're more likely to be infected with hiv and also even if you were 
um, infected with HIV, it can take up to four to six weeks for it to actually show up. So I think there's been quite a few um, like um, pictures that have gone viral off Snapchat stories where it's like, oh, that girl that got injected found out that she got HIV, stay safe, mm -hmm. which simply can't be true because even if um, people who've been injected do contract HIV, which I obviously hope they don't, it wouldn't come up for four to six weeks anyway. So that clearly is just fake news so mm -hmm. obviously and it is you just got to be careful as well obviously hiv already has such like a stigma around it um which has yeah. been um constructed by homophobic people essentially so you just got to be like careful when you're talking about that stuff obviously it doesn't negate um the horrific nature of what's actually happening but yeah just know your facts before you go around saying all oh, this and that well, yeah, stay safe, everyone. Um, and shouldn't have. People. Yeah, obviously. Like, Not I mean, I would any of our wonderful listeners would ever do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you're, if you are, then then. But you know, even if you know people with that that go out with the intentions of doing that, check your people. Yeah, why? Why you are you associated with them? It, it, yeah. There is no excuse. Like, there's no. There's no like um spectrum with that of like whether it can be condoned yeah, or that's like just a no it's yeah. just a no yeah there's no gray area yeah because it involves other people and like you're hurting mm -hmm. and affecting other people yeah i'm hungover <laughs> <laughs> oh dear anyway well i mean to be fair i'm not like that way i was um at what was it asian media awards last night which was very fun occasion definitely we'll, we will be looking to attend hopefully next year how was it no it's really cool like really nice as well to be in a room in so Manny or Birmingham? it was in man it was out in the old trafford cricket ground so obviously i was like that's convenient so um yeah, yeah no it's really cool to be in a room surrounded by so many creative people of um, asian heritage and to see so many um like pe cool people doing their own thing and also obviously to see some of the greats of um what was it of, of the asian media scene i think my um highlight was i had a um a yay bomb with um some people from asian network and one of them was harp score and I, was yeah. like, I was literally like i've just done a yay bomb with harp score oh my gosh <laughs> but no yeah it was cool like yeah it was really nice as well like food was decent as well like what well, i mean it wasn't like well i wasn't i wouldn't put it in my like top five but no it was like decent so were yeah they, um were they loving us up what mango masala i mean few people yeah like clearly making moves and that and if you don't already make sure you go follow us on instagram at mango masala radio and yeah stay tuned managed to pass out a few of stickers the logo yeah. on. like i was like no, I, don't... I, need stickers. I know i was like i don't have a business card but you can have a sticker <laughs> there you go yeah but That's no cool too. it was really cool and it was obviously congrats to all the winners and even also the nominees as well because there's a lot of cool people doing a lot of cool stuff so i love it man i'm yeah. seeing it a lot and you know what i said this before one of the best things i did uh was switching out my uh, following on instagram in terms of celebrities switching out mainstream celebrities for smaller 
content creators from like the South Asian community from our background. I always talk about Simran Randawa and she is such a keystone figure for doing that for young girls. And I just rate her. She is so good at what she does. Like I just love the girl. Um, she's literally my dream person. Um, and she has my dream username. It's just Simran. She's literally the luckiest person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just that was probably one of the best things I did in terms of like visibility of seeing that people can do stuff like that. And I feel like if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't even be here. I wouldn't. I would never ever have you know even applied for pie in the first place. I would never even looked at something like that and thought that's something I could do. Mm. You know, it, it it definitely opens doors for people that they didn't even know existed. If that mm. makes any sense, like you can do things that are outside of your comfort zone and outside of what might be expected by you and you're not bound by your like cultural identity and it really is limitless you could do what you want yeah i think there was something that someone said yesterday as well i think i think his name's um adul ray um who presents on g good one in britain i think he's like a presenter he does loads of different stuff he won an award yes yeah yesterday i'm presuming something to do with presenting and i can't quite remember but um, in the, I remember in his speech, he said something about how important it is, like for um, Asian people who succeed in the media industry. He made the metaphor of, um, it's quite funny actually because obviously here at Pi we have one working lift, and it's one of those that where you have to um, drag it across and set like send it back down in order for it to work. And he made like that metaphor. He was like, people who manage to get to the top need to send the lift back down for the mm-hmm. next generation of like talent. Like, don't get all caught up in the source and like not don't don't mm-hmm. forget where you came from, sort of thing. I thought that was like a really cool. That is metaphor. one of my pet peeves when you see someone kind of make it per se, and they don't do anything to help people around them or to do anything for their community and to give back. It's not you don't. It's not a necessity, but. It's when we come from the culture that we come from. Mm. Our culture is grounded in bringing everyone up with you. When my grandparents immigrated here, they all lived in in houses together, like 20 odd of them in houses. And when they made money, they shared that pay packet together. You know, like that was, everyone becomes family. It's this big, big, big sense of community in our community. Mm. And that's something that we should embrace. And just because you're reaping the benefits of your hard work, which is amazing, it doesn't mean that you can't pass wisdom down at the very minimum, you know, to someone who's looking to come up like you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Also, I want to give a shout out to all the people I'm Asian effects who I was there with and got to meet them for the first time last night. So that was really oh, wow. cool. That's nice. Well. Yeah. Also, mad like fact, like literally, and this is such a like an Asian thing as well. Like, um, so the head um of the station um his parents were actually there and the one of the first thing he said to me was like oh you cindy and i was like yeah and he was like yeah my mum's uh, maiden name is granani i was just like what <laughs> which is weird because you never i never meet any other granani's like around like never so like surely somewhere down the line we're related which is really you know what's so funny i was just about to say wait i have this girl on instagram her name is radica and i was like no that's just that's just <laughs> literally yeah <laughs> yep but that's why i mean like there's there's barely i i don't know if it's to do with being up north but they were saying apparently there's a massive cindy community in north london so maybe i'll have to tap into that find my people cindy yeah what's cindy 
So Sindh, like you know, like Punjab, Gujarat. Whoa! I thought you were shortening something. I don't. I don't know why my brain went. I thought you were like. I thought it was like a. You really. You really hung over, Simran. Yeah. <laughs> I've got. I've got um my window open, my puffer on, the heating on, and a candle on. My bed's not made. Are you having to pay the electricity bill or does the upcoming part and package? Well, there we go then. <laughs> but I don't know why. This is now the perfect temperature. Window open, puffer on, heating on. Well, seeing as we're talking about electricity and that, seems like the perfect segue <laughs> to go on to talk. I know, like, I'm just trying to figure out ways to like move on. But talking about insulation and that, Insulate Britain. Now, obviously, this is a bit of a touchy topic, and I think I, like, personally as well, I'm going to try and, like, stay as, like, neutral as possible and try to, like, actually just just have, like, a conversation about the whole area of, like, what's been going on. So, obviously, a lot of you will have seen um, in the news and that that there's been a series of protests carried out by a group called insulate insulate or insulation britain um there are um i think there are what's it called related to extinction rebellion which obviously is relating to combating climate change and making sure that the world doesn't end or any sooner than it needs to basically which is obviously a worth worthwhile cause um and the latest technique by the um, insulate britain people is that they've been blocking a series of roads to i think particularly on the m25 which i'm not sure because i don't really know southern geography but i'm presuming that's quite an important road it oh my god yeah it's yeah. it just goes in a circle around london oh so it's like a it's like london ring road then basically yeah i suppose so but it's huge and it's like a very very main motorway like if you're in the south of england it's probably like the biggest one except for the m4 like it's mm. so these guys Mm. So these guys have obviously been basically blocking traffic to try and raise awareness um, and what Insulate Britain want to do is by 2030 they want to make sure that all of Britain is insulated essentially um, and basically to reduce the need for so much electricity etc and which consequently be better for the environment. Um, bearing in mind also that I believe that we're in some kind of electricity crisis currently in terms of bills and going up and all that, etc. But, yes, so the main reason why these people have been stirring up quite a lot of controversy is because there's been a series of videos of them blocking traffic from coming through and i think there's been one example of an ambulance one example of people that need to get places for serious reasons and haven't been able to do so because they've been blocking them off now i i don't know simran what's your thoughts first off like on that particularly or in terms of insulate britain as a whole and what they're doing but then also in regards to them blocking off essential travel like, I'm with you in that I agree that it's a very worthy cause and it's something that we should all care about. And I think it's gained a lot of attention in the last re- in the recent years of like people caring more about um, 
you know, their impact on the environment and wanting to do better as individuals to look after the environment. And I think that's very worthy. And I think that's a commendable organisation to be a part of. And it's a good cause to represent. Mm -hmm. However, the manner in which I think they're going about it is pretty inappropriate and when it starts affecting the everyday person because this is a big thing we have when we speak about the environment and climate change is that you telling people to switch to metal straws or uh switching to paper straws and use less plastic you know recycle and um re uh, reuse stuff you know what i mean mm-hmm. when you tell the individual person to make small changes like that but you're not combating organizations who have massive carbon footprints or you're not um or they don't do anything to help the environment, or you're not um, addressing celebrities who take private flights everywhere and stuff like that, you know? Mm. Like, if you're targeting the everyday lay person, you're not targeting the right people when it comes to this 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 um, cause, because it's up to these massive organisations who are making the plastics, who are making the products, and who are, you know, not recycling and not putting any effort into um, the environmentally conscious. Mm. So I, I personally... I was going to use the word disagree, but it's not really my place to disagree. But um, personally, I don't really rate the manner in which they're going about it because so many things have happened now in terms of like blocking ambulances. There was this one man whose mother, I'm not sure if she passed away or if she got left with like a really long time condition. And the hospital said, and the hospital said, if he had brought her in any earlier, the chances of her like, her recovery or her survival would have been like tenfold and the reason why he couldn't get to the hospital is because he's being blocked by protesters on on the Mm. motorway so i think when it comes to stuff like this and you're affecting the average citizen Mm -hmm. you know even for just from getting to work in the morning forget people potentially like you know having health conditions and risking their lives then you cross the line i think it it then becomes and also people stop caring about your point it becomes less respectable in their eyes. So while people might want to be environmentally conscious and do things to help out and reduce their own carbon footprint, if you're being affected by something like that, you're less likely to engage with what they have to say because it's negatively affecting you every day. I think it's a tough one as well because obviously the whole point of protest is disruption to gain attention and change for a worthwhile cause which obviously um this is what they're fighting for is a worthwhile cause um and i'm not sure because obviously we say like in terms of um they need to get the attention of the people that can actually make the change but i suppose in a way what they're doing this isn't me like agreeing with what they're doing or justifying it in a way maybe it is it's a lot easier to make a stance in regards to what they're doing rather than i don't know do they have the resources to find out say where um local mps are going to be or where um Mm -hmm. i think especially in light of obviously what happened to um mp in in near south end um recently as well i'm sure they're probably quite tight in terms of the information and people kind of make out like it's just as easy as going up to Downing Street and like doing uh-huh. something, but, but it's not obviously because they've got so much security. So I think when you're left to that, what they're doing is probably the thing that's going to raise the most awareness. However, I just morally, I, I, if I was part of the organization, I couldn't 
I couldn't do that knowing that I'm preventing people from, um, I don't, with regards to the whole, like the average, affecting the everyday person, person getting to work, etc. I'm not so much like, I think I, I'm just a bit like, well, that, that is part of, of like protest. It is like inconveniencing people because it, and ultimately that's not anyone's fault. Like as long as no one gets fired or anything, which I don't think they should do legally, um, then whatever, but blocking people from, um, travel that is an absolute necessity i don't think i could morally um agree with that and i, I don't know because it's like it's hard because obviously climate change is going to affect people in um more disadvantaged countries a lot earlier on and a lot more intense than um western power countries essentially like us in the uk etc and there are millions of people um, in these countries which are going to be affected by 2050 when areas around the equator are going to become unlivable. Um, so the argument there is that change needs to be made in order to um, help save these millions of people. But then, I don't know, because obviously, like I saw someone say something which was like, you got to crack a few eggs to blah 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 but then I'm like at, at the end of the day any death is should be avoided so for example like obviously um i don't think anyone's died yet as a result of these protests but to be left with um lifelong conditions or paralyzed or to prevent people from seeing their dying um, relatives etc i i don't know i it's annoying because I feel like there needs to be a way in order to um, guarantee that if people absolutely need to get to where they need to be, they need to get it because, like, at the end of the day, these people aren't the people who are going to be able to make the change. However, I don't see how that's going to come about. What I don't get as well is that, obviously, I, I don't know, but to my knowledge, has anyone from the government or anything actually set up talks of insulate brain to actually like discuss this or anything no we've just seen police like now like physically remove them from roads and stuff like that to which by the way i saw some purpose one person super glued their hand to the road which must have been so painful um anyway um yeah the only thing i've seen is police have now started to actually move them on before i don't really know what they're doing just encouraging them um but in terms of like, yeah, I think you said like, uh, uh, you wish there was a way that this could, that the middle ground could be reached. But I just think the government need to say like, you need to stop doing this. And in exchange, we'll have a sit down with you and you can discuss what you guys want. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the way that all protests work in a sense, isn't it? Like, for example, with all these university protests um, where the lecturers would go on strike, they would go on strike and then the university would be like, okay, we'll have talks. And then quite often the universities would not give them what they wanted, so then they go and strike again, like, until they reach a compromise. So I don't get why that hasn't happened, especially when so much attention has been drawn towards this now, which is exactly, it is a good thing that so much attention has been drawn to the, this cause. It's not a good thing that a lot of people are now going to be put off by it, but it's a good thing that at least people are thinking about it. I don't get why there hasn't been any sort of negotiation happening i also think as well and obviously we're on radio or something i'm not saying that this is um truth i'm just speculating and just pointing out that i think it's a bit weird that at the same time 
that um, there's currently a police crime and police bill trying to be passed, which effectively would ban peaceful protest and make it punishable for up to 10 years, that we are now seeing a number of people protest in a way that is annoying, annoying the general public and the government isn't necessarily doing anything about it. I'm just a bit like, I don't know, take from that what you will. I'm not saying anything in regards to that. I'm just, what well, that doesn't quite sit right with me personally. No, I hear you because then it's like, if, the, if there's no action taken against it, then potentially it's just warming up public interest in a negative way towards it in that it will basically, if that bill does come to pass, yeah. that maybe people would back it yeah uh, probably gonna have to play a bit of music now but just as a closing note i suppose obviously the right to protest should be a right that remains mm-hmm. i don't know i just would encourage anyone that's seeking to protest to make sure that it's affecting the right people i think another thing as well that i saw actually was that pe- they did people aren't understanding why so much journalism is going towards these um, supposed ambulances that are being prevented by um, Insulate Britain, but then the majority of the time ambulances will arrive at hospitals and then have to wait ages anyway to get in because the NHS is so understaffed. So it's a bit like why is the attention why is the attention not going towards the fact that that has been a long-standing problem mm-hmm. and instead people are focusing on this, but. Yeah, it, it's, it's a tricky one. Like I said, I don't think I can morally um, condone like preventing people that need to get to essential places from doing that. But again, obviously the point of protest is to disrupt. So like, it's a tricky one. I'm just, I'm glad I don't live near the M25, basically. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, um, tomorrow, Halloween, have you got any plans? Yeah, so... <laughs> We were out yesterday. First of all, who keeps letting me go to Desi events? I know, I know. My whole thing, right? I have a radio show. It's about being South Asian. Like, we do this, right? I'm used to it. You get me in a room for the brown people and I lose my mind. In terms of what? Like, I just can't handle it. What, in terms of... You, you're feeling stressed or in terms of you literally go off the road? Yeah, it stresses me out. Oh, fuck. Like, I just, I just, I just, it is so wild to me that people can listen to, like, like Indian music and, like, Bollywood bangers and that kind of, like, those vibes um, on a night out and, like, really enjoy it. I mean, more power to you. It's, it's actually me being a, a fun sponge. Like, I am the problem. I realise that. <laughs> um, I'm boring. Pardon? No, I just find it funny. Like, Arjo Mahi came on yesterday and everyone was loving it up. And in my head, I was like, no one here knows that they follow me on Instagram. But that's like... (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's... Wow. You know, we talk about these people that made it and leave other people behind. Sounds like it's you, Simran. Judging people. No, like, for real, I just, uh, I kind of lose my head a little bit in these environments. It becomes a lot for me. Like, I, I, do, I do just stand there in the middle. Of, I was standing there in the middle of the house like this. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Well, I don't know. How do you resolve that? 
I'm just gonna stop going to these things. But, so what was that your Halloween night out? Well, no, we didn't dress up or anything. Um, because like people don't really dress up here. Like it's very like low key Halloween. It's very like the maximum you'll see is like a little eye contact and like some fake blood or like some lipstick on their face. Okay. And I'm just like, oh, that's kind of boring. I love Halloween. So I I, I want to dress up, but I'm not really doing anything special this year because I'm a bit afraid of being like a gigantic olive or something. And everyone's <laughs> like, Angus just stood there normal. Yeah. Like I really, really this year, I really wanted to go as Ali G. I can see that. So badly. And then this, um, we went to a party afterwards and um, this guy was dressed as Ali G and I literally oh. was looking at him and I was like, I just love the costume. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask that actually, in all of your Halloween time, what is A, the best costume that you've ever done and B, the best costume you've ever seen? sticky one because as much as i love halloween i don't bang out my costumes you know i did do princess jasmine one year that was a good one i want i want to do that again but like proper um for me like it's halloween makeup i'm i i, I really enjoy halloween makeup and i self-taught myself like sfx makeup and prosthetics and how to use those and how to make like realistic looking wounds and mm. like textured skin that kind of stuff yeah um but is my favorite part of makeup like using special effects products and being able to basically like make a face look mash up like oh my god it's the best thing ever um best costume i've ever seen i don't know some people go as like clever ones i like clever ones like you know they're not they don't necessarily have to be maximum effort and they don't have to be like expensive and really like over the top but they're like uh, just something that someone would never think of and i can't even think of an example right now. yeah when I was younger, I used to go towards the Halloween discos. For some reason, there was like two years in a row when I just used to like painted my entire body. So like one year I went as the um, genie from Aladdin. So that was blue. And then the <gasps> other year I went as the Hulk. So that was all green. How long did it take you to get the paint off? I can't remember, honestly. Like, was that this was in primary school? So I'm like, just oh, like no. yeah. <laughs> oh my God, please find me pictures of this. I don't know. I, like, That's your home week. But clearly, I'm pretty, pretty sure I won like one year. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, that was effort. But um, f- fair enough. But like in terms of like not necessarily knowing other costumes, but what do we think is going to be the most bait costume this year? I think I know. Oh, Squid Game. Yeah, yeah. With a mask with a triangle or a circle or whatever, and maybe the black mask, the shapey really? one. I thought people would be more like it'd be easy just to get a green tracksuit. I saw one guy in that yesterday, but it was really B-Tech. Like, it was a tracksuit, right? But he just put his own little badge on it with a number, and I was just like, okay, I get what you're doing, but... Hmm. Yeah, fair. Do it properly. Um, yeah, we're going out tonight, and I'm not doing anything. I'm being really boring. I'm just going to do cool makeup. And then tomorrow, I'm going to wear a flannel, and I'm going to go as a gangster. A flannel? I'm so boring this year. I, I don't like this for me. Well, you'll have to send us pictures of that. I'm very interested as what you I you're... just really badly wanted to be Ali G. Or, um, what else did well, I Why don't you just be Ali G then? Just F it. Just go for it. Yo, don't say that. What? No, just do it. Like, do what I, Like, 
So what? Just be Ali G. I would, love to. I would actually love to. Just do it though. You're right. I might have to look. Yeah, do it. Do it. <laughs> Are you going up? Um, I'm going to a birthday party tonight, which is like Halloween theme because obviously it's like the day before. Um, Does this person never have a birthday theme birthday, or do they always do Halloween yeah, theme birthday? Yeah, it is. All, I think a lot of their stuff they've been like, oh yeah, everyone come in costume because like yeah. as well. But um, so they um, so. My um, girlfriend now, fiance, Mayanka, was meant to be on a um a party boat um at beginning of October, um which was when she was meant to be away. So that's when I was meant to be asking her parents, which obviously messed everything up because she got COVID and was stuck at home isolating with me. Yeah. But that's a, that's a whole other story. But basically, she couldn't go to this boat party. But that boat party that she went to was going to be jungle themed. Um, yeah. So she got two costumes for as options and the inflatable rhino and an inflatable elephant so that's our couple's costume for tonight so because we've got them having used it yeah i don't know i've never used like inflatable costumes before i don't know how it works like it's weird you have to blow it up manually i honestly don't know the thing is, we wanted to try it out when we were isolating, like, take pictures because it would have been <laughs> But, like, um, it's really, there's, like, this really annoying, like, thing on the back where, they, where you put batteries in, which I presume maybe automatically does something. I don't know. But um, it's a tiny screw, and they don't provide a screwdriver. So, obviously, we were isolating. We were literally, like, looking around the whole house trying to find something that would work, but couldn't do it, so... Hopefully, um, she's meant to be at home now sorting that out. So hopefully she sorts that out. Otherwise, we don't have any costumes for tonight. But hopefully, going to be an elephant and a oh rhino. God, loads of pics. That'd be sick. Yeah. No, it should be. I'd prefer that. Okay. No, I was gonna say I prefer that as well. Like a like a house party sort of thing rather than like going out. out. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I, I don't think I've ever been Halloween shopping before. This will be the first time. Oh no, that's a, that's such a lie. That's such a lie. Um. My favourite costume, I've just remembered, we went out in London once and these women, and they were a group of older women, they were probably like in their 40s, and I think it was a Halloween, it was like a, it was around Halloween anyway, time of year, but they were celebrating one of their divorces, amazing, oh. anyway, like love that for them. Fair enough. Um, they were all dressed as different Britneys. So one was um, air, air Hostess Britney, one was Jungle Britney, Circus Britney, Slave Britney. Um, oops, I did it again, Britney in the red. I was like, this is incredible. And they yeah. were like acting like those Britneys. I was like, this is sick. And then by the end, like we all literally became their best friend. And then Jungle Britney had uh, uh, that like those snake toy things, cuddly toy snake yeah. thing. We were doing Limbo under the snake <laughs> it was sick yeah shout out shout to women, man. they were sick they actually they live in my mind rent free they pop up in my mind over a couple of months and i'm like iconic man wow um probably got quite a bit of music left to play so i'm probably gonna round things off quite soon so so we can make sure we give a shout out to all the artists that brought out new music this week's been mad actually there's been so much new music but one final question which I wanted to ask, Halloween related. If you were in a horror movie, oh, how long would you survive or would you survive? I would survive because I would get out 
You see, the problem with these movies is that they stay there, they stay in the haunted house, and they try and figure the problem out, and they try and like think, mm. and they strategize, and they stay in the house, and they don't move because all oh, the schools are there and whatever. Yeah, I'm out. To be fair, though, I saw this um, there was this BuzzFeed article I was reading, which was like how what's the chance of survival in each of these different horror movies and for the ones that were like a hundred percent it was basically what you're saying it's literally like i don't get why they just didn't leave but there are obviously horror movies where it's like you can't really control i say for example like it was like someone falling around you or like a zombie apocalypse sort of thing but a zombie apocalypse where the zombies can actually move fast rather than um, just walking really slow like one hundred would survive the zombie apocalypse. How? I played way too much Walking Dead game to not survive a zombie apocalypse. Okay, how 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 are you doing that? Alright, 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 alright. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm gonna get word of it early. Don't ask, I just will. Right, connection. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on that ASAP. Like I will know about it. Pardon? Get got connections, yeah. I'm gonna find out, alright? I'm gonna know. <sighs> Right. Then, before the panic hits, because I know what English people are like, yeah, they be buying things. I'm going to go Asda and I'm going to stock up on everything. More than anyone else. So much stock. Costco wiped. Anyway, and then I'm going to hit the water. Get hella petrol. And then I'm going to hit the water. And then I'm going to live my life on a boat. And I'm going to go to some island, yeah, where they don't have zombies yet. And right. stuck up there, and then live in like a shack or something for the rest of your life. And what with you one do? other person, I'm not going to be on my own. Obviously, need a teammate. I just don't know who that person would be. Right? Do you want to be my teammate? I'm gonna pass, um, just because I don't <laughs> buy this at all. <laughs> but um, I don't. So, right? Where where are you procuring a boat from? With what money? I'm find one. <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> Right, and what are you gonna do when all your food runs out? Hunt. What? What if it's a desert island? There's nothing there. Right. <laughs> coconuts. Coconut. Right. Coconut. I'm into. What island are you getting to from the UK that has coconuts? <laughs> now, how far is this journey that you're planning to go? You must need a lot of like petrol or whatever on the boat. Okay, let's scratch the boat. Mm. I'm gonna go to like Gloucestershire. And actually, no, because the zombies will be there. I'm gonna what, go what? to like Cornwall. Yeah, Cornwall. Yeah, <laughs> or like, or like, or like Scottish Highlands. Right. And then um, just camp out there. Have you seen? Have you seen Skyfall, the James Bond film? Yeah. You know that house at the end. Um. His like his like his like family house. Is it the one in like Italy? No, it's in Scotland. Oh, I don't know. It's this like huge mansion and it's proper remote, like pure isolated. I'm gonna go there. And what, are gonna, like. what are you gonna do when the zombies come to you? They're not though. Why 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 aren't they? Because there's no people that turn into zombies. Yeah, but zombies can walk. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right, I'm gonna. I'm ending this conversation. I've had enough. This is like you said about. Oh no, who was it? Oh yeah, Sangwu mentality. Like, ugh. Oh, I would. I back that still. Yeah. 
Anyway, guys, thanks so much for tuning in this week to Mango Masala. We've got still got a load of music to play for you, so I'm going to get on that now. But, yeah, um, as for speaking, thanks, Simran, once again, for providing the vibes. And Okay, she's showing us her coat again. Great. Oh, do you like it? No, I do like the coat. Thank you. It's bloody huge, but, yeah, thank you. I was just standing up to say bye. Right, on, on that note, this is um, Asian Persuasion by Namin. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.